welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring Ramon Foster over there in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is, you know, this is that time, Moan. People losing hope, aren't they? They are fast and in a hurry, man. It's that. They want answers. Um, they, they, they got more questions. There's a lot going on. It's like a gumbo pot right now, man. A gumbo pot. What's a gumbo pie? That sounds familiar. I don't. I don't know anything about like food. Man, fancy. it's mix. It's it's mixing a lot of mess to make something magical. And right now, they don't taste anything magical. Right now, DK. What's the way out? What's the way out? I don't. I don't mean to keep bringing up London in 2013 because the parallels yeah. aren't identical as we mentioned on Not. yesterday's show. But at the same time. You you still you still got to hand everybody a shovel, don't you? I mean, it, no. it, it, you got to find a way out. What is that? Do you get angry? Do you, did you like what you heard from Deontay Johnson and Cam Sutton yesterday? Oh, that. Uh, right now, every, th- those guys and we've again. I've been through this. I've seen this. The sad thing about this team is nobody in that room has actually gone through this. Cam, okay, Cam has seen it. Yeah, um, it yeah, he's so locked in. Has Tyson? Well, Tyson came from Jacksonville. He's seen, you know, this type of stuff happen before. But it's it's been a whole bunch of like high riding DK and uh, guys are being attacked. And and like in years past when we were attacked, we were like, okay, we'll find the answers. And this situation, I don't know if anybody in the room know how to go get the answers. You know, because we're seeing guys push back at at, at former players. My buddy Ryan Clark. You know, he said some stuff, and you got guys pushing back on him. You got guys in the locker room. Cam Sutton said, we just got to go play bleeping football. Like, there's a lot of that going on to where now, if you see my hand motions, it's like the world is just closing in on those guys in that room. Well, I'll share this with you, too. Uh, yesterday, in or, I'm sorry, on uh, Sunday Monday. in the locker room uh, in, in Orchard Park, uh, there was uh, – I don't want to call it an incident or something, but Arthur Mallette was being – really vocal and i'm not telling you anything you don't know here in terms of how players are after tough losses but to share with the group uh players can just randomly scream stuff out yeah it's a strange place if you're not used okay yeah Yeah, man moan's actually been one of them okay where you'll just let it go okay well arthur mallette was one of those that was doing that and he had something to say to Marcus Allen, and then Minka Fitzpatrick comes over and kind of tells everybody to chill. And when that didn't work, Cam Hayward barks out. Ramon's looking because he's seen this a thousand times, and, and it, it just it, it gets like this, you know. It does and, and truthfully, that's a good thing. Um, I know a lot of fans don't want to hear. Well, put that out on the field. Well, this is what comes from it, though. Like losing sucks. Again, nobody in this room has actually dealt with this. It's been a lot of high flying, but there's no 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 stabilizing force. You want to put all your eggs in, in into Kenny P- Kenny Pickett's basket, but even his are still trying to figure out what's going on over there as far as how to navigate this team. Where's the the the, the lane for us to figure out this is our solution? These guys are going to be honestly um just trial by fire. That's just what we are. There's no real um, resolution other than just playing friggin' ball. And who said that yesterday? That was Cam Sutton. He said, yeah. I can sit here and tell you, meaning to the reporters, whatever it is that you want to hear, 
I can make it sound good. You can hear it and go, oh, that's a really great sound bite or whatever else it is. Right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Not now. Not at one and four. Not with oh. Brady coming in. You know? Oh. And, and, and I'll say this, too. Having been in a similar situation to where it's just like, well, what do we do? How do I say it's time? It's starting with the basics. It's making one play at a time. Like all of this sounds like coach talking, coach speaking, players just supporting players. But that's legitimately what it is. It's, dog, we we got one game a week. We got to find ways to get answers to the, all of the questions that we have. And it I'm going to be real with you. It sucks because I can see the looks on their faces, DK, as you interview them. I can see the questions being asked in the eyes rolls. I can see the, well, you come do my damn job as far as Deontay told Ryan Clark. Like, you come help us. Do what you said. Like, all right, who got the answers? Yeah. It ain't childish either. I don't want people to be like, well, they need to be. T-. It ain't childish. There's nothing worse than being in sports as a player, knowing that, look, I'm giving my all. DK, you know I said this all the time. Football is way too hard for you to just play around, okay? If you want to play around, you go to a playground somewhere. You go do club ball somewhere. You go. I'm sorry, go do arena ball if you just want to play around. And the NFL is not that. So I, I empathize with those guys because I felt that way before to where – even up, where's my damn answer? There's no other answer other than putting your hand in the dirt or putting your cleats on the field and saying, let's just go to work. But even that presumes that they're capable. And this is where the London thing and the now thing just, you know, there's, 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 there's not a, there's not a connection there because with that team, we knew. I mean, all you had to do was look around in that room at Wembley Stadium yeah. and, and see these guys. And I yeah. just remember that the reaction, the reaction from Ben to Troy to Heath to everybody Hazel, around yeah. that room, plain and simple, was shock. It wasn't yeah. disappointment. It wasn't anger. It was, how in hell are oh, we yeah. going for? Yeah. How did uh, this happen? This is different, Moan. This team just might not be good enough. In fact, there's a really good chance that it isn't. Well, uh, not good enough or just too young? Which one? Whichever. Well, I'll say this, though. I see what you're saying, though. Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, I see see what you mean. I'll say this, though. Like, teams get good because one of two reasons. Either the coaching staff bring them all together Mm -hmm. and they say, okay, this is us. It's Kumbaya. Let's look at uh, L.A. Rams, right? Look at the way they're doing stuff. You say, oh, man, it looks like a party over there. Almost feel like Cincinnati's at that point a little bit. Harbaugh and and with the Ravens, they work hard, but it's, all right, we're in this together. Or it's the other side, it's the Patriots way, where you pit players against coaches and you bring them closer together. You say, y'all aren't anything separate, so you make them in these type of situations like grind together. And then you start seeing some turnover. Then you start seeing a player or two here or there. There's always two types of teams. Well, then it's the third one, the lost ones. The ones we've seen seriously, like the like like uh Detroit. Okay, like Cleveland has been. Right now we're watching that with Denver. You know what I'm saying? It's those lost ones. It's either the Kumbaya, it's the y'all fight each other, or it's it you're just a bad organization like Carolina. But if here's the thing, if you're talking about young players, if you're talking about are they too young or do they lack experience, then you also got to start doing some things with the roster to reflect that. 
as being your goal or your aim as an organization. That's what we're going to talk about right after this break. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And as promised, we're going to start getting into, as opposed to what can everybody do just by getting tougher and angrier and everything else, what can management do? Because there's a really, really good chance that these aren't the best possible players to have on the field. And Moan, you referenced getting younger. Let me ask you a question. What do you think of DeMarvin Leal? I like DeMarvin. I told you this time and time again. Like, I see him. I see him getting reps. Uh, He's made some plays. I, I see 98 flashing a lot. I'm a oh, fan wow. of DeMarvin. He's, mm-hmm. If he's not there, he's around it all yep. the time. Mm-hmm. So get him on the field. Get him. Okay. If you're saying to yourself, listen, wow, Chris Wormley's been in the league for you know several years. years. He's been in stadiums. He's a veteran of the AFC North because he was with Baltimore before that and everything else. And I say back to you, I don't care. I'd rather see Marvin Leal gain that experience right now, yeah. and if and if he's not the world's best run stopper, yeah, let's teach him. Let's get him out. Yeah, oh out. yeah, let's let's let's, let's let's put him out there. And and this is the other part too, DK, where you ask yourself, well, who are your pillars though in this reshaping? Who 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 are the guys? Like, let's be honest, that you're willing to say, all right, deuces. All right, we're, we're moving on. I'm finding someone for you. I, I need someone that fits this culture. I need a willing willing participant, as far as Coach Tomlin says, that's going to do what I need them to do. Not what they want to do because that's out. My job is on the line, too, when it comes down to me evaluating this talent. Omar's job is on the line when it starts to evaluating this talent. One thing Pittsburgh has always had was a steady line of stability when it comes to finding those guys right so do you say to yourself now this is probably atrocious to say uh okay tyson after this year where are we at okay looking at age probably tyson's last year okay for sure i mean he he lost his starting job in in, you know the first four weeks okay uh from from there cam we good on cam and for how long yeah i mean cam's gonna keep going until he gets into camp okay now, this is the thing. If you're trying to build, I know you're with a rookie quarterback, but Cam's going to be due a payday sometime soon. I think he gets it, but I'm saying this is where we're at when we're saying, okay, if, if it's not, you know, uh, a, a veteran team, well, who's going to get the biggest stash of the cash too? Cam's yeah. going to deserve it and probably is going to earn it at some point in time. From there, we go Derek White. You willing to keep him? Miles Kilbrew, Miles Jack, Chris Wormley, Akilah Weatherspoon. Like, there is a big change coming if this is what we're saying. If we're saying, okay, you know what? I can get you, you and you who are five-plus years in this league. Let me go young. Let me get my young guys in. And from there, DK, we brought this up, and I saw some of the comments as far as if we're a top ten, top five pick, Right? We're in that we're in that domain right now as it stands. If you we sure are, are. I know that. You can't stop with know, the draft. You're, you're ready not. to go right to the podium, Be- man. Because, DK, this I... is just the reality of it. If if you and I both said, as it stands right now, they're not as good as Baltimore. They're not as good as Cincinnati, and they've beat them. By the time you'll see them again, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Deshaun may be back. So are you better than Cleveland with Deshaun? The answer is probably no. Probably no. So it's a hard conversation, DK, but it's real. It's a hard conversation. I mean, the harder conversation within that 
is that the person who is least experienced yeah. and arguably least qualified to oversee a pure rebuild is, is the head coach. He's never had to do anything of the kind. Okay, I, I'm not one yeah. of those he won with Cowers players guys, to say the least, but he never had a transition. He sustained it. He sustained the level. He sustained it to his credit. Not a shot at him. Uh, it, but he never had to look at this situation and go, whoa, now what? (laughs) Coward did. I'll say this. I know he's not too proud to ask questions. I know he understand Coward brought in Ben. I know he understand he had a real rough year before he got Ben. Um, That's one thing that he's always kind of said. He don't care. You heard me say this. He don't care where good ideas come from. Uh, I don't think he's too prideful or foolish to go do it on his own. It's kind of what I'm saying as far as Hey, what was it like? I, I bet the farm at some point in time, he's going to have that conversation with him or somebody that's in his coaching circle um, that's kind of dealt with this. Because you, you, you're right, DK. He ain't seen it as far as players go. But I also look at the new GM, Omar. Yeah, you he's talk about never had to deal with yeah. it either. <laughs> yeah, and to, and to do it, and this is where it gets confusing. Uh, I think to people who are casual fans of football as opposed to diehards, when they hear rebuilding, especially in Pittsburgh, yeah. they think of one thing. They think of the Pirates who are perpetually rebuilding and it's yeah. a non-cap league and everything else is is really unfair and it takes years and years. In the NFL, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's fast. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this, DK. Um but no, I'll make this statement though. Like as far as going youthful though, I, I think it really will come down to some quality. You know, as a good thing is you don't have a franchise quarterback taking up a big chunk of the pie as far as roster goes. I look at that OL though, and I still say to myself, well, you got a young left tackle and a young left guard that needs to play at a higher quality too. Okay, I think Daniels is locked in simply because of contract. Chooks is locked in and Mason Cole is, too. Najee's still young. Uh, Pat's young. Like, there's still a bunch of young guys in these positions. So do you carousel them to make it better by finding better young talent, too, that you got to recondition to the stiller way? The thing about this this roster is that it doesn't lend itself. It don't. Sort of overhaul. I mean, and I could begin and end that conversation with – Two simple words, T.J. Watt. Okay, you can't have one of the planet's premier players on yeah, your man. roster and say, "Ah, screw this season." I mean, no. it's not. It's not that. And at the same time, you don't say, "Well, let's trade T.J. Watt for no. seven hundred draft picks or something and try a Cleveland thing." Um, it's just not Let's, that cut and dry. Come here. Let me. Can we? Can I tease this 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 segment right here by asking that question? though, DK. What's that? In order to get above and compete, would you be willing to give up one of your superstars like TJ Watt? This is a hypothetical. It's a gross hypothetical. I know it is. Just take it back. You know how many subscribers we just lost with that opinion? They're just like, you know what? I've had it with this Foster guy. No, this is one of my far That's enough. (laughs) See you, 73. Appreciated you as a player, but then you 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 had to go and trade TJ on your show. But to your your point, though, DK, 
That ain't Pittsburgh's way of operating. No, none of this is. That's my point here. That's none of this fits. I'm trying to picture the press conference in which Mike Tomlin says, listen, the game we're playing this coming Sunday really doesn't matter that much. What matters is that our players go out and have a, you know, get a good experience. Come on. That ain't it. No. No, Absolutely not. When we come back, the only segment that matters. It's home. Back to the only segment that matters on the Ramon Foster Show, and that would be the Hey Moan segment, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where it's all about quality. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and appetizer gets made with fresh ingredients and always tastes amazing. Order your favorites at the Get-Go Cafe Market today. Better believe it. Here comes our question. I find it. I had it here somewhere. Yeah, come I'm on, Gregory DK. Thomas. See, I threw you off with the TJ question. You still, you still. I was just watching the subscriber tico meter, just going like this. <laughs> Gregory Thomas asks, "Hey, Moan, is Mike Tomlin being exposed as never losing was more about Ben than him?" Hang on a second. I'm going to try to because I think I think I get what he's saying here. Is he being exposed as a guy, you know, who never lost mostly because he had been? Yeah. And then Greg says after that, is he a good enough coach to build a team from scratch? Which is kind of what we were just getting into. Mm-hmm. I, go ahead, Moan. I, I have some thoughts on this as well. <sighs> I'm, I th- I'll just say this: uh, Is it Coach Tomlin's fault that he inherited Ben? Ain't his fault. He didn't Mr. want to throw Ambassador Rooney. They they elected Coach Tomlin to take that on. Um, is it his fault that Ben was that good? That ain't his fault. That's not what they did. Is it that fault that, you know, they uh he, he ended up getting the Super Bowl in his what second or third year? Mm. Like that's a part of it. Like there's a level of of coaching that goes into it too. There's a level of people management that goes into it too. Is it Coach Tomlin's fault that Ben played that long? No, it ain't. I mean, you look at what happened around Ben throughout that tenure from, you know, from Bruce Arians to to bringing in Todd Haley. Why do we bring in Todd Haley? It was to be able to sustain Ben for longer. Why? Because there was a method in which we needed to operate offensively to get the ball out quicker, to save his, his career from him getting hit. We got better as an offensive line unit. It's not his fault that those things happened. Um, any coach goes through a little bit of a, a whirlwind whenever they lose a franchise guy. I'm sure you're more privy to kind of bring it up, DK, as far as head coaches and franchise quarterbacks. I mean, let's look at Bill Belichick, the GOAT, right? Are we still going to down Bill because of, you know, the lack of Tom? Or did Bill actually have a good chemistry with Tom to kind of get those Super Bowls? Like, we can go down the list of coaches that you pair with franchise quarterbacks and say, which one was better? Was it the player? Was it the culture? Is it both? You know, when I think of Mike Tomlin and rebuilding, and I don't often do that, (laughs) but when I do, I think of the first thing, actually, the first thought that comes to mind, and and you and I have talked about this on this show, uh, you've provided great insight into it, is how much he enjoys being around younger players, even pre-draft 
the whole football junkie thing. Did yeah. you notice, incidentally, in in uh, in Orchard Park the other day when I asked Tomlin what he thought of Demar Hamlin's shot on Kenny yeah. Pickett? He knows Demar Hamlin. Yeah. Why? Huh. Next door. Okay, Pitt kid, and he came. He went to bat for Hamlin, but. He he made it clear to me in his answer. He said, "What I didn't like was the fact that a rule that should have been enforced on the field wasn't." Uh, his anger was at the officials. So whether yep. or not Demar meant to hurt Kenny, yeah, of course he wouldn't have. He wanted the rule called. So he was going bat to bat for the kid. He goes, I, "I you know he loves this kid." Yep. Why? Because he's just he's that into it. However, however. If you're going to be that rebuilding head coach or whatever, you can't have, A, the evaluation of Kendrick Green that says he's an NFL center and waste a third-round pick on him, and B, allow him to show up for training camp the next year wearing number 53 anointed as the starting center because we wave the magic wand with Marquise Pouncey and we can do it with this kid. No! No! No. Marquise was great before he ever knew you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. And that goes into it, though, DK, is that draft process of player quality. Again, I I, I referenced, like, my job here in, in Nashville covering the Titans. Like, legitimately, that's one of the things they're dealing with right now is, well, where's the roster? How do you miss on these guys? Like you said, third round picks you. One, two, three, and four, you got to hit on. Like, legitimately, you have to hit on as many as you possibly can. Can't miss on the first. Bet not miss on the second. The third has to hold his own. And the fourth, get real good quality out of them, man. And and that's a, a part of years, right, DK? Like, it ain't just one draft can't save a team. One draft can really help a team. One draft means you got your franchise quarterback and Kenny Pickett. But it doesn't save the team. So over time, have we seen this? It's really been like, think about <laughs> when we got, listen, when, when we got David, the Castro, the line was built, right? The Nobody was, else. The line came was in. solidified because what 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 was had after after De Castro was okay, now you had the middle three, and you always knew that you'd have to pay in one form or other, you're gonna have to pay for your tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, either through draft capital or through more likely, you know, through, through actually paying them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and yes. So yes, it was set. David was the one that, that came in and cemented it. And, and, and cemented David DeCastro for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking yeah, David about. David DeCastro <laughs> on the defensive side of things. Okay. Like looking at having cam set, you get TJ set you had, but it's really just been one piece plugging. Like free agencies kind of got you a little bit with Bub Hen out. Uh, you have other guys that just didn't hit Devin going up for him. Like that, you. I think Pittsburgh's in a better position when they're drafting eighteen to like twenty five, because you get a real chance to like really just just evaluate every single body. Like Dev's pick right now, and I was excited about it at the time, and I hate that he hasn't panned out. Like finding a Troy, a Ben. You know Shazier. what? Shazier in those top yeah, yeah, twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, TJ, and 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 when you when you do that, see, 
Here you go on the draft again. This is a mess. I wasn't even trying to go there, but you you mentioned the third rounder, so I'm putting it off yeah. on you. All right, it's my fault that time. <laughs> <laughs> just I just can't I can't moan. It's it's yeah. week five. Well, now it's week six. D- you know, this but is- I, I I think one of the things that could have been done, and you hear this a lot. Maybe we should save this for let's let's save this for tomorrow's show. Okay. But, um, there's a there's a fair amount of discussion, especially since Najee Harris hasn't done well, that maybe what should have happened here all along is that, yes, it was going to be critically important for the Steelers to get themselves a quarterback. Okay. I believe, sitting here right now, okay. they, have, they have done that. Yep. Okay. However, whatever approach, whoever it was going to be, Mason, Mitch, whatever else here, they threw three things against the wall. One of them stuck. Okay. Yep. All right. But the running back, you know, and and did should you have spent uh, draft capital just on saying, you know what, we don't have that offensive line anymore. Okay, we're not just going to be able to put it together like a quilt. We're going to have to say, hey, here's a first rounder on an offensive lineman. Here's a second rounder on an offensive lineman, a big tackle, center, or something like that. Um, and and then though, DK. You- I still look at it and say you're running with the same results then simply because if you go build it with an offensive line, um, I'm looking at Detroit Lions. They did this. They went and got Sewell. I think they mm-hmm. went and got another high-round kid. They and then did. they went and got a uh, free agent in golf, traded for him, right? Mm-hmm. And, and with that being said, where are they still right now? I will say the future looks bright for it does. Detroit. Detroit's on the right road. I, I don't think anybody could argue that right now. But to, but I think we're still looking at, uh, well, where are we as far as building this team to dominance again? I think it's the same conversation one way or the other. Ben, <laughs> I hate to even keep bringing his name up, but the presence of him for so long and – not being able to go get that number one behind him because you didn't know when Ben was going to be done, mm-hmm. like Aaron Rodgers. Right. You never knew. You never this, knew what was going to be the year that you should do that. You, this was inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. So, th- but at least this went well. That's a point that I made in the column that I wrote up in Orchard Park. I, I kept stressing here. You have to understand that one of the things that the Steelers have already achieved in the 2022 season was the hardest part. Well, yeah. Okay. Quarterback. Yeah. And they did that. Now it's just about not all of the rest, but a lot of the rest. Oh, man. Let's do it again tomorrow, Moan. <laughs>